Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lord, we thank you for allowing us again to come before you in this evening. Lord, tonight I would like to continue and talks about the blessings of the tribes because these are important. Lord, these were told by Jacob <clears throat> that these would be of the last days. People don't realize when they're talking about Jacob that you told him that, you know, turn your eyes to the east and to the eastward and to the, in other words, to the way of the east and to the way of the west. And what he sees is he would be over. <clears throat> what you're saying when you're saying that is very complex, though, because it's very deep when you say those things to Jacob. Because the thing that you've done with him is that the way of the east is the way of the things that come from the throne and the way of the west is the ways of the punishment for evil. So you're giving him the authority over the knowledge of good and evil that his seed would overcome those things. And that's exactly what people are not seeing in this day, that we are required to overcome the things of the world. And you pass that on, you make that known, because you pass it on in the in the blessing that Jacob speaks over his sons in Genesis 49, in verse 26, it says there that the blessings of your father surpassed the blessing of my parents, the ends of the everlasting hills. May they come to Joseph's head and to the crown of the head and of the one who was separated from his brothers. See, you, you told him that, uh, you told Jacob that his would reach the four corners of the earth, the blessing to him. And, eastward and uh, westward. But the four corners is the way of the four spirits. It's the way of the four walls. <clears throat> so it overcomes the north, the south, as well as the east and the west. The north is the way of the world. The south is the way of the blessings of God. The correction that you put around the entire earth, it's symbolized by the ice ring that's around the earth, the flat earth. Then, dear Lord, you also <clears throat> tell him eastward and westward, which is when you have a round earth, it's very interesting, dear Lord, because the eastward is the way of the throne. The Bible makes clear that you said you're going to return from the way of the east. And in Job 18, they talk about the west, and they're talking about the prisons of God that are below the earth, down in the pit and in, in the abyss. <clears throat> so we can understand this way. And throughout the Bible, you're consistent with this because the, the east wind that comes is from the throne of God. The west wind you're bringing for correction and punishment. So, Lord, I pray that they would begin to see these things and understand this. And this blessing, though, it's very important because when you blessed Abraham, you told him that the land that he sees all around him, you blessed him with. And you said the same to Isaac. But to Jacob, you give him more. So his blessing was greater because you knew that his seed, his children, 
would be to the to the end of the earth. In other words, they would be spread to the, all over the earth. And the remnant would come forth from all over the earth. But the teachings, the words, the teachings that came from these tribes that came through the scriptures that you recorded through them also goes to the rest of the world. It's, it's what comes from the east. You made all things by your words and you speak the east and you give the spirit of truth that makes known the words of God. And you give that from the throne. <clears throat> so we can see why he's saying the blessings of your father surpass the blessings of my parents. In other words, the blessings of Jacob were greater than that of Abraham and Isaac. Why? Because Jacob was given the title of Israel because he was so zealous to do the ways of God for good works, to bring forth the kingdom of God. And therefore, he made peace. He, he, he you know, even did the work of bowing seven times to his brother as he's coming to him and so on. All these things he did for the greatness of the kingdom of God. And he was persevered in all of that and it's what he's saying the ends of the everlasting hills the end of the everlasting hills is is all of the works of god because you know like the kingdoms and so forth we throughout the ages they're different they're called hills and they're called mountains and they're called these things this is the way of the peoples and the way of the nations and to the everlasting hills in other words to overcome all that like it says in revelation 15 1 to 4 you know, from Moses' law, we received the knowledge of, of how to overcome the beast and how to overcome his mark and the image and the number of his name. And it says that he asked God and put his blessings of this way to overcome the world on Joseph. He says, may they come to Joseph's head and to the crown of the one who was separated from his brothers. In other words, he was leaving it to Joseph to carry on this work of bringing forth the kingdom. And Joseph did that. He brought back the bones of his father and put them in the cave of Michelin. And even his bones were brought back to Egypt. It was very important because this blessing speaks in those bones. Of the one who was separated from his brothers. And what he means by this is very important. As I've pointed out over the last week or so, Joseph was the one who was doing the good works and he was trying to make sure that his brothers would bring forth the good works and they hated him for it. They considered him a spy and and his father gave him the coat of many colors and he told him to go see if his brothers were doing good and if the animals, the sheep were doing good in Chechem and they had moved them to Dalton. They weren't doing good in Chechem. And I believe an angel met him there. He says, a man. I have an experience with a man who was an angel. It was clear to me. And it was very clear immediately. God showed me he had been an angel. But I'll save that for another story. <clears throat> another time. I've explained it, I think, in writings somewhere or in audios previously. But it's an awesome thing to understand this. But they give you advice. They tell you where to go. And that's what this guy did. He, he told Jacob what he heard. and I mean, uh, Joseph and told him where to go. Now, <clears throat> Of course, we think about this crown being the crown that Joseph received of being the second highest person in Egypt. But Jacob's not really talking about that crown. He's talking about the crown of salvation, the way of the knowledge of good and evil, how to bring forth good and overcome evil. That's what he's talking about here. This is the crown. If we can jump ahead to the story in Revelation 6, 
I want to point out something very important to you about the crown. In Revelation 6, verse 2, the Lord is speaking to us in an important verse. I don't believe we understand this verse is why I'm bringing it up. Revelation 6, 1, 2 says, Now I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard of the four living creatures saying with a voice like thunder, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and it went out conquering and to conquer. This crown is our choice right now. Which one we will take, the one of the world or the one of the persistent one, the, the crown like Joseph has, the, the crown of Jacob, the crown of the overcomer, the one that perseveres to bring forth the kingdom of God and to do that work that's necessary to do their part in building that in their appointed time. When the, when the four living creatures tell you, come and see, he's not just speaking to John. This is recorded and written down. And it's done that purpose because come means to set yourself apart from the world and see this in the eyes of the Lord. And he always sees all things in the words of the, the Father. So all, all these, um, like in the first four, he's, the four living creatures are telling him, and the, and the first four sealed judgments are done in the way of the four spirits. And he's telling you, come and see. In other words, discern this in the way of the um, Spirit of God, in the words of God. The works, the good works of God. Because if we discern it in the right way, instead of like the world has discerned this to be all oh, the four, the, uh, four uh, horses of apocalypse, which is entirely what God doesn't want us to see. He wants us to see it in the way of the spirits. Because what he's doing is here, he's given you the bow and he's given you uh, the opportunity with a crown. And he went out conquering and to conquer. Now, how are you going to overcome? Joseph overcome. Everything that he faced, he overcome. There was a a great act of Joseph. Let me see if I can bring it up here in the scriptures. I had it here a minute ago. Um, do you remember when he was talking to the chief butler? People kind of ignore this statement, and it's easy to overlook in there. But what, he, what he's telling the chief butler when he interpreted his dream um, here's what it is. Let me let me go then. Uh, I'm going to start in verse 9 in Genesis 40. It says, Then the chief butler told his dream to Joseph and said to him, Behold, in my dream a vine was before me, and in the vine were three branches. It was as though it budded, it blossoms shot forth, and its clusters brought forth ripe grapes. And the Pharaoh's cup was in my hand. And I took the grapes and pressed them into the Pharaoh's cup and placed the cup in the Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said to him, this is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. Now within three days, the Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your place. In other words, to give you the crown of your work that you were doing, your authority. And you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand according to the former manner, in the former manner when you were his butler. But remember me when it is good with you and please show kindness to me. Make mention of me to the Pharaoh and get me out of this house. For indeed, I was stolen away from the land of the Hebrews. And also I have done nothing here that they should put me into the dungeon. Now, they went away. And, and of course, the uh, cupbearer 
forgot about Joseph. He was restored, like he said. And the, the baker, who he also prophesied over, didn't. But notice what Joseph did. This is the cupbearer, and what is wine? Wine is the eternal plan of God to work out. So when he tells him this, he um, he tells him to remember him. Now, he's the one he told him to remember him because the other one was going to be killed. But he also knew that this wine was very symbolic and God had put this before him. So he knew that this was going to be good with him. But wine, when he serves wine, he is saying, in other words, when it is well with you, when it is good with you, and he's going to serve the Pharaoh. So he knows that he's going to be serving him wine. That's what the vision is about. Wine is symbolic of bringing forth the, the knowledge of the, the work of the kingdom. The eternal plan of God. When he, remember his first miracle was he turned the water into wine in the in the six stone pots, which is representing this time we're in right now, because he's going to turn the water, us, into the wine, in other words, into the plan of God, into so that we will be able to receive the new body from God at that time, but we will have the wine, the eternal plan of God, which is the blessing of Jacob that was given to Joseph as his crown. That blessing is coming upon us at this time so we can fulfill all these things, fulfill the blessing of Lamech over Noah, which said will bring us back into the likeness of the Garden of Eden. It's basically what it's saying, to, to take the curse away from the land. The wine takes the curse away from the land because we're going to bring forth the kingdom of God by this wine. Wine is symbolic of that eternal plan of God. So what we see here is Joseph is seeing this that he's going to be serving wine to the Pharaoh, and he tells him to speak to the Pharaoh. Why? I mean, that's very bold for a prisoner to ask somebody to go over the head of his his boss. His boss is the head of the prisons, and he's going to ask this, this cupbearer to speak to the Pharaoh. Why? Because God, he knows that when he spoke these words, because he said, when it is good with you. In other words, when the God's will has come to pass, and God has blessed you, God will stir it up and give you the opportunity. You remember me. And so the Lord and the Spirit of God in him, when he spoke those words, did it so that he had forgotten all about Joseph. But at that time, the butler all of a sudden got courage. When the Pharaoh had the dreams, he got courage. And he remembered Joseph and he spoke him. But Joseph spoke that forth at this time. Seeing the words of God, seeing the plan of God, enabling the opportunity to come forth in the future. And that's what he did there. If you can understand that, just discern it and think about it. And I believe it'll come to you. But it goes back to this. I mean, at that time, he didn't have this blessing yet. But to us, it goes back to this blessing because the Lord is telling us in Revelation 6 that we have the opportunity to receive the crown. The Spirit went out. The Spirit's looking to give those. He's going out to conquer and conquer conquering and and to conquer see conquering is he wants them to come to the kingdom first he was sent out from the throne the lord opened the seal and sent him forth and he said a white horse he shows you in uh, zachariah 6 the white horse is there adding strength to his spirit on the earth so he's given us strength so he's given us the opportunity that's why from the beginning of the day of lord when the words are open which is what the bow represents in other words he's given us authority if he's going out to conquer how does god conquer god does all things by his words so he's given them the ability to conquer to overcome so you have a choice you have a choice to choose the crown of the of the beast kingdom 
or the crown of the words of God. And, and a church is sitting in the middle without any crown because they haven't chosen to overcome. He who overcomes is going to receive the crown of life, eternal life. John five twenty four tells us if we will believe in the voice of the Lord, in other words, if we will discern the voice of the Lord and discern his words and believe in the promises of God the Father that were prepared for the beginning of the foundations of the world because his words never end. And that's the crown of glory. When he talks about, in 1 Peter 5, 4 to 5, when he talks about a crown of glory that never perishes away, never goes away, as Paul also talks about, this is talking about his words. What is the everlasting? Heaven and earth can pass away, but my words will never pass away. Jesus' uh, father said in Isaiah 55, 11, that, that his words always go forth and they never come back to him void. And Jesus is the given the authority over all these words. He is the king with all authority God created. And now he reigns. He was ready to reign from the time of the opening of the words back in 2003 in April. And now here we are. We're coming up to the 14th completion of the 14th year this April. It'll be 14 years and we will enter the 15th year, which is the spirit of grace. 15 symbolic of grace. You trample upon the spirit of grace if you will not understand the blood paid the price to get the the father to tear the temple veil. We can come in and receive these words. And he sent forth his spirit from the very first beginning of the day of the Lord at this time for us to do this, receive his words and overcome. Tells you in Revelation 2.10, he'll give you the crown of life. Go read John 5.24. You'll see what it is. Go read Ephesians 1, 13 to 14. The seal of the word of truth is your hope for salvation, hope for eternal life, which he tells you he'll give you if you'll hear the voice of the Lord. And that Greek word meaning voice means to discern it, not just hear sounds, but actually do the words, which is what Jesus said in John 8, 43 to 47. He says, you don't, uh, you don't understand my speech because you do not discern my words. See, he's speaking in the words of, of the thoughts and ways of God. He said he came into the world to bear witness to the words of God, which are higher than our words. The same words, but they have higher meanings, higher works, higher power, higher authority. Satan has no authority over his words because his words are truth. Satan's words aren't truth. They never, uh, you know, they always fail. They're always to deceive and they lead everybody to death. So you're going to choose the crown of the world by allowing them to overcome you. If you allow the world to overcome you without calling forth the words of God, with, you know, you're, you're loving your life to death because what is the work of Satan is to destroy and to kill and to overcome by death. And now they're coming out. They're going to be coming forth with their crowns at this time to overcome the world. But they're going to be defeated. But all those who complacently allow them to come without getting together and doing what it says in Joel 2, 12 to 20 will be destroyed also or greatly attacked or they'll be punished with them because God will consider them to be of them because they're walking with their goat herds. You know, the Vatican has an obelisk. It has all these things that are all pagan, idols everywhere. And they give, like I told you, I saw financial documents I held in my hand. I was received from a person who was a liaison with the President of the United States and with this lady in charge of the global genocide. And they're sending her financial resources from the Vatican. So they're not of God. They're not trying to do good works. It's all a ruse. 
If they really understood the legal system and the, and the tax system and the financial system, you could see how the Vatican is intricately woven in between this. And I can tell you something else that's very interesting. The Crown Trust in England, in, in the city of London, that I'm talking about the Crown Trust that is running the world, that's ruled by Queen Elizabeth II and Jacob Rothschild. When you look at this, it's very interesting because what happens? The Crown is the hardest people to deal with. I've, I've been in meetings where, you know, it, it's been where people have had to come, like the heads of GM, the, the Knights of Malta and, and the Vatican, these people. They come through this one other person of the Crown Trust families to negotiate with the Crown Trust because why? No one gets a fair deal from the Crown Trust. It is always unbalanced scales. It's always unfair. It's always unjust. There's no mercy, no grace. It's always a deal that's harder than you want. When when the people were negotiating with General Motors and they thought they were in front of the Congress and the Senate, that was all a TV roost to, to fool the people. The real meetings, the heads of those companies, the, the auto union, the rest of it, came down to, because it was the auto union that they had to negotiate, they already owned those corporations. That was just for TV show. They do whatever they're told to do by the Crown Trust. But the unions came down to, to uh, Houston and met in a room for three solid days. They wouldn't even let them go out and negotiated with the Crown Trust through this intermediary. And they didn't get what they wanted. You never get what you want from the Crown Trust. It's going to have unjust scales. That's what everybody says that deals with it. Everybody on the dark side, the secret side, none of them, not even the highest families can deal with them on a fair basis, they always get the unfair advantage. It's like the court system. You're at an unfair advantage the moment you walk into the courtroom because you do not even know the system. You don't know it's a contract court. It's not a co common court. You think you have a law system that you're, you, you're level play. It's not at all. You're never lawful. It's never legal or lawful, you'd say. Yeah, the word legal is a, a bad term. They, they've twisted that word. It means something else to them. So everything that you go in there is, is totally unjust. But this is the crown that everybody allows the world to run over. And everything that comes from her is, is wine. In other words, you have to be drunk to do a deal with the Crown Trust. <laughs> That's the only way you can describe it because you're going to lose every time. It's going to Las Vegas and losing <laughs> because they control everything. They even control Las Vegas. The mobs and all of that are controlled by the Crown Trust. The Knights of uh, Templar run it for them. And they work for the Crown Trust, and they're almost Masons. It's all a Masonic order. And at the top of this is the devil. You know, one of the things that was very important to me is I was working with the son of the head of the Knights of uh, Templars. And there's two two brothers. That, that were, There's six sons, but there's two brothers at the head of this, the oldest ones. And in, in meetings with them, it's it's very interesting how... When when they were when it was time for the the sons to go to work for the crown, they have to give up Christianity because nobody can believe in Christ and have a high position in this. So even though these guys and I saw videos of them having healing services in South America when they were younger, in their twenties, and they you know say they believe in Christ, but they had to get away from that and become an Orthodox. Jewish person with, with disregard Christ. And why I say this is I was with this person 
in several meetings where prophets spoke over them and spoke great blessings. But when the opportunity come to take their higher position in the crown system, the dark side of the world, the ones that run the world and do all the evil works that the crown once done, when, when they were ready to get promoted into that, they did away with their religion and became the orthodox person they had to be. In other words, they had to do away with Messianic Christianity. And they had went to see Reinhard Bunke. They went to see all these people, Christians. But then they did away with it because they had to give that up to, to become an Orthodox Jew, to, to be a part of the crown, or they couldn't get their position. And they chose their position, and that's what God spoke to this with. If you come out and follow me, I will have you negotiate with these people, your, your father's friends. But if you don't, you'll be a part of your father's friends, and that's what happened. He didn't come out and serve God and be able to be a mouthpiece before God to these people. Instead, it was the other way around. But see, people don't understand. To get high up in the crown system, you have to give up Christianity. So when you look at Queen Elizabeth and Prince Charles and all these people and you ask, are they Christian or not? No, they're not. You know, they wouldn't be singing the song Jerusalem in all their activities or festivities. They would never sing that song if they believed in Christ. Because that song is saying that Jesus came, you know, they took him down off the cross and brought him to England. That's what that's saying. People ignore what's behind this songs and stuff that they sing. And they sing that almost like a national anthem for the crown, whenever the crown is involved. They're, and they have dragons throughout their city. Their shield of their city of London, which is a sovereign nation, is two dragons holding up this shield. And on top of it is a, a helmet. And she always puts E2R on her crown, uh, on their emblems. And she wears these crowns of the, of the world. And then the leaders have them. I mean, there's kings with crowns and so forth. But understand that what I'm saying is this is an unjust system. God's system is the opposite. Everything is free from him. And he wants you to have good. And he wants you to enable good as he did for Joseph. Even when Joseph was in the prison, he was working out a plan for the good of all the people. You know, there's another one. If we go back to to Job, and it, it's a staggering thing, really. When you think about, you know, Satan is now cast out of the second heaven. He's been cast down to the earth. Uh, has been since since the Lord opened the first seal judgment with the crown. Because the kingdom of God has come. That's what he says in Revelation 12. Same time he cast down the demon. So it's the choice. That's why this first seal judgment is not just the four horses of apocalypse. That is if you want to believe it. And if you want to be a, a preacher who just sits back and says, there's nothing we can do till God intervenes, you're not listening to what the Lord says in Revelation 12. He says when he cast the devil down to the earth, he also sent the kingdom of God to them. And they have the ability to choose the crown they want and follow him. And he will lead them and, and give them the knowledge of his words, as he says in Proverbs one twenty three. But they don't want these words. They think, oh, we've got those words. We've known them for a long time. I hear this all the time. No, you don't. You're just like what Jesus said in John eight forty three to 47 to those people. You don't understand my speech because you can't discern my words. But they were listening to him. You know, they, were, they, were, they, they didn't believe it. Just like the people don't believe it now. It's no different than it was the first time Jesus came. Now he's coming as the king of kings, and he's going to rule over all the creation from the heavens. And he's giving us that crown of glory. In other words, 
uh, Joseph's crown, same crown. This is a crown that overcomes all these things. You have power to understand the West, the power to understand the East and do the way of good that overcomes the West because that's the work of this time. They must overcome the beast, his number, the image of his name. And the, his number, his image, and the mark of his uh, his mark, his image, and the number of his name, you overcome the beast. You have to overcome this. You have to overcome the lure of it, and and so on. And you have to come. The number of the beast is kind of interesting because everything he measured out. See, he's, Ezekiel thirty-eight seven tells you he's been preparing for this war for hundreds of years. Hundreds of years they've been preparing for this war. They've been plotting it out the strategy, World War One, World War Two, World War Three. They've been planning it out. They can't have World War Four, by the way. World War Four they totally lose. That's the Battle of Armageddon at the time at the end of this. This this one, Ezekiel thirty eight war is now. And then there'll be a different war at the end of it's another is Ezekiel thirty eight type of war because it's Gog and Magog. But that's it's it's uh that is the beast at the end. That's Satan just stirring it up at the end. Not not the the beast kingdom they have now. They're gonna he's gonna try to raise up again the same concept that he has over after the thousand years. God's gonna let him loose for three and a half years to test the people. And in that short time, just like it's gonna be three and a half years again, at the end after Jesus reigns from April for seven years, at the end of that the devil's gonna reign for forty two months, three and a half years. And then be destroyed at the end of the Battle of Armageddon. But this time is the Battle of Ezekiel 38 War, which he destroys the crown. And you can see the crown. It, look at the queen. It's the Holy Roman Empress. And he's overcoming. Now, I say that because it's important to understand that um, the devil, when he came out, uh, let, me try, let me try to find this verse here. You know, when he he came in, he says uh, to Satan, he says, answer the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Please understand that what he's going to and fro, that means he's testing people everywhere. But when he walks on the earth, once he's tested you and got you to follow him, like the preachers right now, they're, they're doing this complacency, the lukewarm church. They're late waiting on God when God has given them an instruction what to do. And what, you know, they don't want to believe that words overcome it. They don't want to believe that this is something. They want to go negotiate with Washington. When, when people in the Crown Trust can't even negotiate with the Crown Trust, you think these preachers got a chance? No, they're being used. They feed them false information. They feed them false intelligence reports. It's all, I mean, if they listen to God, God is telling Zechariah 14, 1, all the nations are working as one and they're coming against his people. And they're out there helping them by spreading false teachings of what they're hearing. And they think their position is so important and they're getting grants. And the grants are every year writing any kind of book and they're going to get this. You think the people are really selling that number of books? They can trick you on that so easily. I've heard all these stories about how they do this stuff. And they get them to do what they want them to do. They control the book publishing companies. They try, they control the sales of those books. They control all of that. Then the Vatican is running the system. They are running the Vatican, and the Vatican is doing this work so that the Vatican's even a front for them. They're going to get rid of the popes. They're going to get rid of all of them. Uh, they don't need them. They don't need Pope Francis. They don't need any of these people. They're using them to do this work. Well, Satan, what I want to point out here is in uh, 
chapter 2, uh, verse 2, is that. It says, And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? And so Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. When he walks back and forth on it, he's stirring up the, the, the particles in the earth and twisting them from blessing the people. You know, there, there, people don't believe this, but as Psalms 139, 15, 16 says that our particles come from within the earth. God laid them there at the beginning and they come forth and into the womb and he owns the womb, he says. But people don't want to believe it. They think they can kill the baby in the womb. And now they're even getting them to, to vaccinate the babies inside the womb. Horrible. I mean, that is, that is taking when God owns a room and we're in the day of the Lord, day of judgment, how, I mean, how dangerous, how foolish can they be to go against God who owns the womb and all that's in it? You think you do? No, you don't. God, the Bible says he owns it. So they're going to vaccinate these children and kill them. He says that it's going to be bad for them. Even tells you in Matthew 24, woe to those who are pregnant at this time. They're going to vaccinate, and that vaccination is going to do terrible things. They're going to kill the babies. They don't want them coming forth. They want to make a different kind. So don't let these people do this. And if you trust God, come out to him to his words, he'll overcome this thing for the sake of that child and yourself and your family and his kingdom. It says, then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who... Uh, one who fears God and shuns evil, and still he holds fast to his integrity, although you incited me against him and to destroy him without cause. In other words, he tempted the Lord on Joseph. I'm not going to go into chapter one of the book, Job, but you can read it. It's easy. Uh, he, Satan did this to try to prove that he, can, he can't overcome him. Uh, in other words, that he can overcome and destroy the people. So Satan answered the Lord and said, skin for skin. Flesh for flesh. Yes, all that a man has he will give for his, his life. But stretch out your hand now and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will surely kiss you, curse you to your face. Bone and the flesh. The first one, he, he touched the children and took away everything, but now he's saying touched his body. See, the body had the word in it. Your word, your bone is a testimony. It holds the knowledge of your words, the good that you've done. And what the Lord is going to do at this time, this leprosy that's coming, is boils that's going to be over your body from the crown because you didn't choose his crown. It's The Bible's very clear that you got boils from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet because you didn't walk in his ways. You wouldn't hear his word, but the crown is going to give you great pain, great pain. And that's what Satan pulled off at that time to test him. But God allowed that so that we would see it. And understand, because that's the punishment that's coming. If you go and you look at uh, uh, Jacob, I believe it's in chapter 24. Um, let me see if that's where it is here. I believe it is. In chapter 24 of Job, it says, um, uh, anyway, it, it goes, it start, let me start here at 13, because this is very important. Um, I, I know that he says in here, um, and I, I should have had this marked better because I don't see it right now. But Job is talking about he had uh, his bones are burning, and he talks about his his head. Um, 
His crown of his head has been taken. Otherwise, he's talking about he's lost his hair. All he has is boils on top of his head. They cover his whole body. And that's what he's talking about. That's the crown. In other words, when Satan attacked that, you hear the word of God from above. So Satan's affecting that hair. And so he's got to go on the strength of the word that's in him. In other words, he's being attacked, and that's what these plagues are going to be that come in the morning of the day of the Lord. People says, who can stand? Revelation six twelve to 17. He's talking about these boils, and he tells you what they are in, in Zechariah fourteen twelve. These boils are going to cover your head, and it means that you won't be able to remember the word. It, it takes away that hearing ability because the hair is symbolic of an antenna that hears of God. And when that takes away, it's a punishment because you wouldn't hear the words and he will not hear you at this time. And he will not speak to you. He said he'll laugh his clamor. It means he's not speaking his words to you when these plagues come upon you. And it's symbolic is why you're going to have the boils over the top of the head and all over the body. And the bones are going to burn because you're going to remember all your works and they're going to wither up. Like the leprosy is going to wither the arms and the fingers and sexual organs. All these things are going to be withered. And you won't be able to stand because you wouldn't walk in truth. You wouldn't stand for God in the face of the enemy. Like now, it's like they're all sitting down waiting for God to to come. Well, they're going to get plagues for that because the Lord says he's going to vomit them out of their mouth because they're lukewarm. They're neither hot nor cold. You have to be hot for God at this time. Hot means you hear his word and you're trying to discern his words that overcome the world that he made all things by. He made the world by his words. And he told us at this time, we'd be judged by those words. And that's those words that wash us clean. Uh, the judgment is John twelve forty eight. The wash us clean is John fifteen three. Ephesians 5, 25 to 27. And in verse 32 of Ephesians 5, he tells you it's the mystery of the church. The called out assembly, not the church. Church is the name of a building. The called out assembly is what he's talking about, the mystery of it. But I want to point out something here in, in Job 24 that's important. When I was reading this, I thought it was really important. It says, uh, the dying groan in the city and, and the souls of the wounded cry out, um, you know, because they're not going to be able to cry out to God. God is not going to hear them. Yet God does not charge them with wrong. Um, but... There are those who rebel. In other words, he's allowing these people to come forth. That's what he's trying to say here. The wounded, the people are crying out because of all that's happening. And you see this in the Middle East. It's a warning. They're crying out for help. The Christians are getting killed over there throughout the world, even Africa, Nigeria, places like that. It says, there are those who rebel against the light. They do not know its ways nor abide in its paths. When you rebel against the words of God, You've taken the crown of the crown trust because what you've done is you put on lukewarm or you've taken their words and and negotiating with them in Washington and, and seeking grants from them and so forth at this time when God is telling us to come out is not a good thing. We have to understand we're, we're there. This is the time we must believe and come out. It's been this way from the beginning of the day of the Lord for 14 years. God has been waiting for his people to hear and come out and he will answer them if they will gather. And plead out to him. It says, The murderer rises with the light. He kills the poor and needy. And in the night he's like a thief. Now please, this is really critical. Zechariah 14, 6 and 7 tells us that the crown trust is on its plan now. Because from the beginning of the day of the Lord, Zechariah 14, 7, the God sent forth the light. 
Revelation 12, 10 to 17. Same thing. That kingdom of God has come. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God comes by light. So the judgment comes by light. Hosea 6, 5. So he's telling us here that they rise. In other words, the day of the Lord was risen. That is when Satan has come down to the earth. He's on the earth and he's rising up to try to overcome God, the people, kill all the flesh, as it says in Matthew 24, 21, 22, Mark 13, 19 to 20. So this is his work. Ezekiel 38 is telling us he's preparing himself and he can only come when God allows it. But God says in 1 Thessalonians 5, I think it is 1 to 3, he tells us that this is going to come as a thief in the night. We are in the night of the day of the Lord and we're in the last season of the night. God won't wait. It's coming now. And what you're seeing is, is that when it comes, they're coming like a thief to take everything from you. Your life, your flesh, everything, your property. When I, I told you, it's a religious war that they're going to take away all your wealth, period. They're taking, taking your house away. They're going to put you in cities. They're going to separate the men and the women and separate the children from the, even the mothers and the fathers. And you'll have to get a pass to even go from one city to another to see your wife or and another pass to go see your children. But you won't be able to go see them together is what I'm understanding. And they've numbered everybody previous to his day coming. They, they had a company called Thinking Craft that, that profiled everybody on the earth and keeps this profile continuously. And in Joel, uh, in, in uh, January 2002, on January 30th, they, the person in charge of this confirmed it to me. They profiled everybody. It says, the eye of the adulterer waits for the twilight, saying, no one will see me, and he disguises his face. They They've come like they're special people and they help everybody and they want to help you and they want to do all these things they want to unite the world they want to make it feel good and all these things they're coming to commit global genocide and people are believing them okay he rises with the light he kills the poor and needy and in the night he's like a thief you know they give you obamacare they've told you exactly what they're going to do you know, I, I've told you in the meetings that I was in, they told me that they will not allow anybody above 40 to live, except for those who they've already told they're set apart. But many who are told that they're going to be set apart aren't going to be set apart. They're being used to help them do their work, and then they're going to kill them because they have no need for them, and they want to get rid of all their crimes. Well, they're having these people commit the crimes, and then they'll get rid of the people that are committing the crimes, and just like they did in World War II. They, they, were, they were in charge of Hitler. You know, people talk about the Enigma machine. It's kind of interesting. Before, in the, in the 1920s, they had the Enigma machine with the Rothschild banking system in London. They already had it. They already knew how to operate it, all of that. And they weren't at war. They, they financed Hitler. There's many reports of Hitler going to Argentina before World War II started. That's where they make their plans every year and organize what they're going to do. So you see... This stuff is a choice of a crown and a choice of life. And what I've told you is we're in the night. The Lord tells us that in the night, he's going to separate us, Luke seventeen thirty four. In the night, he's going to cause it so no man works. And he says that in the morning, the judgment comes. He will separate the people at that time. But right now, the thief is coming because he's allowing the thief to come. He's not stopping it from coming. He stirred it up, Ezekiel 38. And he says, I'm going to bring you out. So that you can judge yourself because you're judged by the words you hear, the crown. 
The crown is the choice of the words. Do you choose the Lord's words of salvation, righteousness, and glory, or you choose the words of death, which is the words of the world, the words of the crown trust and the United States government and all the rest of this? They'll lead you to death. And now they don't even have authority to have position of, of leadership because we're now in that season of winter right before the coming of the morning of the day of the Lord. So they don't have authority to be speaking and doing. I just want to point this out to you tonight. I thought the crown is very important for us to understand. And it is a word that's critical to us, I believe. If we would understand the greatness of what God has put in front of us, we would choose his crown. We'd choose his words. They overcome the world. They never end. There's nothing Satan has that's as powerful as his words. And you don't have to do anything but speak or do the simple things. When they wanted to get Jesus in trouble with the stoning of the adulteress, he stirred up the ground so that they could see their sins as well. Please understand. And remember that the crown is uh, one of the words of God. It's, it's a crown. In other words, you get the crown of life. You get all these crowns. We'll have these crowns. We'll lay them before the Lord, but we will have these crowns. It, they won't matter to us. You know, as it, what's important to us is just serving God and serving others. So we'll be like servants. We want to do it. We willingly do it. But the crowns are ours. They're always going to be ours. God says he'll give you these crowns. And they're for purpose. He wants to glorify you. He wants to give you fine arraignment, fine garments. That's what he says in Revelation 19, 1 to 11. He's going to give you the fine linen, which is the righteous acts of the saints. That's the crown of glory when you have the authority. The crown is on your head. You hear the words of the king of kings. That's the symbolic of that crown of life. He says, my, my words are spirit and they are life. Crown of life. What are they? My words I'm giving to you. You know, you don't have to have this physical crown. The words on your head is it. That's why Joseph had this. You give him the crown of the everlasting hills, overcoming all things, knowing what to do in all things. He has the ability that the sun, the moon, the stars will bow down to him. In other words, when he asks the question, it'll get answered. When he asks for help, it'll get answered. It was answered in the simple thing of, of when he spoke that prophecy. He had to persevere until the appointed time. But he put it in play. This guy was going to be giving wine to the Pharaoh in a cup. And Joseph said, remember me when it comes to that point. And what happened when that appointed time God stirred that heart up, the spirit of God stirred that man's heart up who had forgotten Joseph and reminded him. And he said it wisely at that time. And they brought Joseph right away. They, they, They put a new uh, garment and he brought him and it says he brought him out of the pit in other words god had stirred all that up god had now watered it and now it was ready to go and he turned the, the dry well into wine at that point because joseph began to fulfill the work of the kingdom of god from that moment on and it was wonderful i praise you i, I plead i pray with you that that you will be able to understand what i'm trying to say i know i'm um not doing the greatest job of explaining these things, but please understand what is available to you from God. Don't keep waiting. If we wait, we're wearing the crown of the world. We think we have the crown of the Lord. We don't. We don't hear him. We don't hear his words. We don't have the crown of life. 
we get everlasting life in John five twenty four by hearing the voice of the Lord, which not not just prophetic words we hear. You know what is the prophetic word when when John talks about the prophetic word when Peter talks about the prophetic word he's talking about the words of God that never end. That's what he's talking about. That is the word that he's talking about the prophetic word. It's been foretold. It's coming to us. It's been foretold. It's been prophesied. Prophets even hear that. Get the words of truth. Get the get the words of wisdom that you do not know. That's talking about the prophetic word of God that is always, all things are made in it. All things will exist in it. And it overcomes all things and it never ends. That's prophetic word. All other words are a help. Most of it's milk knowledge when we interpret it in the way of the world. But if we can interpret it in the way of the kingdom of heaven, it has power. And I was just trying to show you how Joseph utilized that uh, wine to do good works even though it was going to be handled by somebody else God had given him that opportunity and he was always with his words as frontlets to his eyes and he could see the things to come that's wisdom and that's understanding Lord we thank you for all you've shown us and Lord we pray that you'll enable the people to understand your greatness and show them what is truth Lord and Father if I've spoken any error Lord let your spirit correct it in them we pray Lord that you'll help and dear Lord, we pray that you give me correction as well. In all things, dear Lord, we pray these things. In Jesus' name, amen. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.